May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father, through his Son, his only Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. What do you think of when you hear someone say angel? Perhaps you think of the California Angels, one of the teams that Albert Pujols played with before he put the Cardinals jersey back on in which he hit his 700th home run on Friday night. Or you think of something that may look a little more female than male with wings and a halo, turkey feathers from Waco, and the halo hidden a little bit behind. Or you think of a Valentine's Day chubby cherub with a bow and arrow shooting love into someone's heart. Or you might think of cartoonish descriptions with, with one with wings and halo and maybe a harp on the one shoulder telling you to do nice things and one with a dark red or black cape and a pitchfork on the other tempting you to do naughty things. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts this day as we observe and anticipate the day of St. Michael and all angels that we might hear from God's word about messengers, battlers, servants, and worshipers. It is unusual that I substitute a sermon text or texts for those appointed for the day, but that's what I've chosen to do on this Sunday. People God dearly loves. What are angels? When were they created? How were they created? Why are there good and evil angels? And what do they do? All good and important questions. I could easily spend an hour trying to explain all the different places and different ways angels appear in the Bible. But to keep it simple, I'm going to say they are messengers, they are battlers, they are servants, and they are worshipers. God created angels. They're not eternal. They're created beings. He called them into existence during the six days of creation. I love how Job 38 puts it. God says to his servant Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Where were you when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. I wonder if God created the angels on day four when he spoke into existence stars and planets and comets and moons that he also spoke into existence heavenly beings to be with the heavenly bodies. I'll also remind you of this. On just a few occasions, the Bible uses the words cherubim and seraphim. In Genesis 4, when God bans Adam and Eve from the garden, he posts guards to keep them from re-entering the fallen paradise. Those angels are called cherubim. And in Isaiah 6, the prophet sees a vision of burning Six-winged creatures, seraphim means fiery, they're flying inside the temple and singing, Kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy 
is God, the Lord of hosts. The Hebrew word for angel is malach. In Greek, it is angelos, which sounds and looks more like angel in our language. Both words mean messenger. Psalm 104 tells us, God makes his messengers, his malachim, winds. Like wind, angels are often and usually unseen, but yet they are powerful. And angels are God's ministers, his servants. They are, the psalmist says, a flaming fire. I wonder again, is this why the first words out of the mouths of angels are often, don't be afraid? God's angels don't just surprise people. They are surprising, even terrifying, in their awe-producing appearance. God's angels are messengers. Sometimes they bring a warning. Sometimes they bring consolation. Sometimes they promise babies. One to Elizabeth and Zechariah. One to Mary, the virgin, prophesied by Isaiah. Sometimes they announce good news of great joy to shocked shepherds outside of Bethlehem at the promised Messiah's birth, or to faithful but frightened women outside Jerusalem early in the morning on the day of Christ's resurrection, or to next bent up to the sky disciples as they watch Jesus ascend to the Father's right hand. Angels are messengers, and angels are battlers. At some point in God's perfect creation, there was a battle, a tragic battle. We're not told the details in Scripture, and I know we're curious about any number of things, but there was a rebellion led by Satan, the chief of the fallen angels. They lost. Jude, a one-chapter letter just before Revelation, states the result this way. The angels who did not stay within their own positions of authority but left their proper dwelling, God has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. The Old Testament book of Daniel includes references to both Gabriel and Michael, the only two named holy angels in Scripture. Daniel's narrative told to and about God's people exiled in Babylon is also a story which anticipates the great battle. The angel Gabriel speaks to Daniel to assure him that God is at work for his saints, telling him and them and us to walk by faith and not by sight. Then Daniel sees a vision in which Michael, one of the chief princes, an archangel, who is stronger than any idolatrous prince, gives another message, a message of assurance. God will act. He will rescue. He will set his people free from spiritual exile. He will bring them home. Then came that greatest battle. It was, as depicted in Revelation 12, a battle of Michael and the holy angels against the dragon, 
That's why a picture in the entranceway has Michael standing on the neck of the dragon. It was the battle of holiness against evil, purity against filth, truth against lies, righteousness against sin, forgiveness against guilt, hope against despair. But it wasn't just a battle of angels versus angels. It was Christ's cosmic battle. It was the reason he was sent into this dark, diseased, and dying world. It was the battle fought by a brutal execution on a rough cross on a barren hill outside Jerusalem. It was the battle fought to the death. It was the battle by which death was defeated by our Lord's third day victory over the grave. Angels are messengers, angels are battlers, and angels are also also servants. Angels serve Jesus after that time of fasting and temptation in the wilderness. Angels serve Jesus when he prayed, sweating drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane before the great battle commenced. Today's psalm tells us that God uses angels to guard his people in all our ways and to protect us lest you strike your foot against a stone. The writer to the Hebrews puts it this way, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Because of Psalm 91 and of Hebrews 1, we can pray using Martin Luther's words, asking God in the morning and at night, let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. And there's more. In Jesus' parable read from Luke 16 today, angels were servants to Lazarus. When this poor man died, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. Angels take our souls into the presence of Jesus. Angels are messengers, battlers, servants, and angels are worshipers. A vast choir of angels sang a hymn outside of Bethlehem on the first Christmas, and the church has echoed that hymn for 2,000 years. We sang it today, Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. This is the best way, the truest way for us to know that peace. We have peace with God the Father through the Good Friday cross of his Son. We have peace with God because Jesus willingly gave his life away at Calvary for sinners. He suffered and bled and died so that we can receive a gift that we neither deserve nor expect, complete forgiveness of all our sins and the status of being declared holy ones, his saints. The angels worship. They rejoice when one sinner repents, when one lost sheep is found, when one lost coin is discovered, when one lost son stumbles down the dusty road and is greeted by his glad 
and gracious and generous Father. The angels worship God with voices that never falter, that never fade. They praise God for who he is, for what he has done, and for what he will be and will do for all eternity. That's what angels never stop doing, what they don't want to stop doing. Angels will surround the throne of the crucified and risen and ascended and glorified Lord and Savior for eternal days. They will sing, holy, holy, holy. They will sing, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to begun his reign. And our voices, the voices of those redeemed and rescued and restored in Christ, Our voices will join theirs in the eternal hymn of praise. Alleluia, alleluia, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.